Hey folks, welcome back to the Culture Jack podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the second episode of Loki. I'm Dustin. I'll be your discussion and dissection host for the episode. This episode is titled The Variant, and it's got a, a runtime of, of about 48 minutes. Uh, if you are new to the College of Jack podcast, but this show in particular, on today's episode, we discuss all of the relevant plot points, theories, things that are maybe a little titillating to us uh, about a show or a movie that we are currently enamored with. And usually we try and maintain some hold on what has the culture culture's purview at the moment, or at least pop culture's purview. And in this case, we are keeping up with the show Loki. If you've been uh, paying attention to our other episodes, we are also in the middle of a very extensive E3 2021 coverage. So if you are interested in uh, video games or you want to know uh, what was going on at each one of these conferences, instead of sitting down on a YouTube and, and watching four hours of video game press conferences and developers talk, we break it down for you in 20 to 40 minutes an episode. So uh, go check those out if you want as well. Now, uh, this show is going to be filled to the brim with spoilers. I'm going to talk about all aspects of the second episode of Loki. So if you have not seen it yet on Disney+, Plus, go find it, go watch it, or maybe some other illicit website, however you consume your Disney and Marvel media. I am going to spoil the hell out of this show, however. So if that's not your cup of tea, or if you if you don't mind getting spoiled, stick around. But but come back and because we got some things to talk about. Uh, before I get into the the show the show proper, or uh, I, I guess uh, the things that I want to talk about in this show, I have been seeing a lot of chatter online, trying to trying to to poke holes in in the concepts of this show of the time travel and the variances that are created because of said time travel. Now, if you didn't catch the last episode on the first episode of Loki, they talked about a multiversal war that led to uh, time streams that were fighting for position within, I guess the universe, I guess within, within time. And then these three benevolent timekeepers uh, came, molded all of these multiversal time streams into one sacred timeline. So I think a lot of what is getting mixed up and mashed up online is this idea of a multiverse versus this idea of a timeline. And so, uh, and I could be, I could be very wrong here. I'm not, I'm not a physicist. I'm not the one to explain these very heady concepts, but I think I got my, I have my head wrapped around it. And so the, you first have to separate the idea of a multiverse versus a timeline. And so in this episode, they talk about different kinds of Lokis existing and they show a bunch of well, holograms in this, but you know, there's a, a, there's a Loki that still has his blue skin. If you remember, uh, he was a character from Jotunheim where he was one of the, the children of the frost giants. And so in this particular universe, he kept his blue skin and, 
<laughs> it's it's funny they talk about Loki being their most recurring variant, which I think is hilarious and very apropos, as it were. Ah. Uh, so he's got his blue skin, and then in another one, he's a track star. Maybe he's concocting some scheme, or maybe he just became uh, a track star. Uh, there's one where he's a giant, uh, a big ogre-looking creature with these giant horns, and they, they cycle through a, a few of these. And so if you think of it like that, that these these characters can exist, there's not just one type of Loki or one way that things can go, but several different ways that things can go. Uh, if you think of it like that, then you think of the time stream. You think of the, the forward and backward operation of time. Now, Marvel has done a good job setting up the rules of time travel within their own universe. And so they told you how it works in uh, the <laughs> Avengers Endgame specifically. Uh, Hulk explained it that, you know, you're not actually going into the past. I mean, you are, but the past already happened. So what you are going into when you travel to the past is a new future. You're not changing the past because the past is uh, how it has already been. You are just changing the future. So the timeline still moves forward. It just moves forward with maybe a replication of events that already occurred once in a different way in the past. And it was addressed in the first episode because Marvel, uh, who's who's the showrunner and director of every episode, Kate Heron, I believe, they knew that there would be this this kind of uh, vigor applied to their universe. Excuse me, I I got a mustache hair in my mouth. I don't know how that even happened. You know, when you when you grow a mustache, sometimes some of your mustache hairs just decide to get longer than all the rest. I don't know what that's about. I, I, I may be dying. <laughs> so, but she already addressed, or they already addressed this in the very first episode where Loki said, Hey, why am I on trial? The Avengers are the ones that went back in time. And they said, well, that, that was supposed to happen. And there was another uh, comment that I read online about someone saying, well, if the Avengers were supposed to go back in time and supposed to do everything that they did, well, the Tesseract being knocked out of their hands and picked up by Loki was supposed to happen. So they so Iron Man and Captain America could go further back in time to collect the Tesseract at a different point in time. Well, then that was all supposed to happen. So why is Loki being cast as the the lone variant in this situation. Why aren't Captain America and Iron Man being held accountable? Uh, and if this was supposed to happen, then Loki should be off the hook because this was supposed to happen as well. And again, you have to you have to just kind of conceptualize that these timekeepers made a very specific set of events. So yes, maybe Captain America and Iron Man were not supposed to get the Tesseract in that moment. But maybe when it was kicked over by Loki's feet, a shield agent was supposed to pick it up, put it back in the box and take it away. Or maybe Loki was supposed to grab the Tesseract, but then teleport himself into an ocean or into a farmhouse or across the street. And he did something different than the rule that is applied. So they mentioned in the very first episode, it could be something big like interrupting 
a, a social dispute that causes a war, or it could be something just as simple as showing up late to work. And there are some <laughs> loopholes as we find out in this episode, but basically it's, it's a, a plot device that is immune to having a plot hole because if you say something is a variant, it is just by virtue of you saying that it is being that you are the organization, you are the authority that manages time. You work for the sacred time keepers. And so no matter what happens is supposed to happen that way, unless they say that it's not. I love the concepts in this show about uh, free will versus fate. And, you know, Loki and Mobius have a conversation about that even where Loki is distraught by the absence of free will. Well, well, Mobius thinks that it's really not not that big, big of a deal. So I just wanted to get that weird dichotomy off of my chest before we went on, because a lot of people have been very overly critical of the way that they're running the show. And I love it. A lot of people have said, oh, but if the Infinity Stones do not have magic, it completely negates the Infinity War and Endgame saga. Like, if those things were so powerful to cause so many problems, and now they are just fodder to be in a desk drawer until a security guard swipes at Loki and eventually uh, demolishes that whole desk and all of the Infinity Stones, presumably, within it as well. Like, they were that meaningless... Now, Infinity War and Endgame didn't mean anything. Bullocks, I say. I, I I love this idea that you can create a plot device like the Infinity Stones. Use them. Build them up. Make this massive, grand-scaled, operatic movie about them. And then you can upend everything that they were about by saying, yes, but there is a, there is a higher power that these infinity stones will not work at because they are beyond space. They are beyond time. Who knows where they're at? They may be in the quantum realm. There's been theories about that uh, from previous Marvel shows like Ant-Man and the Wasp where they were traveling through. They could be there in Kang's, what is his something opolis, time opolis. I, I, I don't know what it is and I'm, I'm not a, a big enough fanboy to, to realize it, but I do love this concept. I do love this show. Okay. <clears throat> Let's get on with some of the bigger plot points from the show. Uh, it, it starts off in 1985. <laughs> Great year. Let me just tell you. Uh, it starts off in Oshkosh, Wisconsin at a Renaissance fair. And a team of TVA agents are going to presumably... Uh, go deal with a variant deal with the Loki variant that we had we talked about in the other ones but they walk right into a ambush and this Loki variant takes over one of the security guards who uh, C20 is her name and who, who then fights her other TVA guards she fights him, she's she's brainwashed, and then she passes out, and the other Loki, you know, zips zips her right through a portal with her to take her away. She's got, uh, she, uh, look, I'm already spoiling it, so if you didn't see the end, yes, this is the female Loki 
version that we're talking about. Uh, this Loki has apparently mind control powers of some kind. And it's and then it goes to the, back to the TVA and Loki's sitting behind the desk and he's having an argument with Miss Minutes. And again, some more exposition for the show talking about what happens to pruned events, what they consider being a a nexus event. Uh, <laughs> I already talked about the different Lokis. That was really good. Okay, so they were going to go investigate the slaughter of the agents at the Renaissance Fair, and they were doing a brief. Uh, and it's funny, too, because they have Loki all in the TVA garb. He's, like, got an office uh, desk. Oh, no, maybe he was sitting sitting at Mobius's desk, but he's got, you know, suit and tie, and he's got a jacket. They have him spin around. It says variant across across the back. And what does he say? He says, I, ears are sharp, but teeth are sharper. Why did I write that down? Oh, oh, yes. Okay, so they were all in the tent, and the agents were investigating the other agent's slaughter, and they were gonna getting ready to leave the tent, and Loki says, wait, hold on. There's something about this tent. If you are uh, a wolf, you have sharp ears, but then your teeth have to be sharper. And so outside is a trap. If you go out there, you're going to die. And he, he goes off this big bluster and he's very genuine and he's very honest looking about it. And he was lying. He was stalling for time or whatever he'd like to do. Uh, Mobius has a meeting with Ravona. And Ravona Renslayer, I believe, is her name. She's the judge from the first episode. And she says that you shouldn't be trusting this Loki. And he's talking about all the different trophies that she has in her office that should be in his office. And he says that he got them on missions. And one of them, he was signing something with his with a pen that said Franklin D. Roosevelt High School on the side of the pen. And so I didn't catch it, but my brother did. And he pointed out to me, he said, what's that, what's that pen say? That's important. They focused on it too long. And sure as shit, they did. And I went online and I looked up Franklin uh, Delano Roosevelt High School Marvel. And I did come up with one search result. That was a, it was a very twisted road that led me or, or that the article led you to believe that a character named Molecule Man a man who, who had gamma radiation or some other kind of radiation hit him, and he became abil- to have the ability to manipulate uh, particles down to, their, down to their atomic level. He eventually had to be put away because he was too powerful, trapped in his own alternate dimension, and then played a big role in Secret Wars later. So some people are saying this could be a backdoor to the character Molecule Man in the MCU. This I will not allow to turn into another Mephisto moment. This is all I'm going to say on the issue, and I'm not going to bring up the potential introduction or or debut of Molecule Man uh, anymore. So uh, Mobius and Loki get back together, and (laughs) Loki is he's trying to convince him that he's he's a genuine guy, and Mobius is not buying it. He's running out of patience. Ravona doesn't think that he can do it. And so he's not kind of the nice understanding Mobius. He wasn't the first one. And Loki tries to manipulate him. And he says, you're not going to be able to manipulate me or vice versa the other way around. And he says, so how how can I help? And Mobius says, you can you can read all about the different variants. 
And so he goes, okay. So he's in the library and he tries to con the, he tries to con the librarian to allow him to read about the timekeepers. She says, no, that's confidential. He says, well, allow me to read about the beginning of time. She said, no, that's confidential. He says, well, then allow me to read about whatever I can read about. And, uh, he, she takes him to a file and it's just a file of, of himself. And she lets him read about himself. But when he's reading about himself, he sees about the events that happened in Thor Ragnarok, another close up of his eyes. And you can see the tears welling up in his eyes when he reads that Asgard was destroyed and by, by Surtur and that all of the residents or not all the residents, but like 9,600 of them perished in the event as well. And so you, you see another little bit of emotion from Loki. So well done to the writers on that one, uh, because it is, it's giving us just a little tiny bit to show his humanity and maybe a little bit of a redemption from 2012. I mean, he already got redeemed once when he went all the way through the timeline to his eventual death at the hands of Thanos, but maybe this will give another opportunity to redeem this character. And so that's so weird to begin with because this character gets two redemptions perhaps, or maybe this is the Loki that goes down a darker path and is not redeemed. So he sees this Asgard thing. This leads him to, to start thinking, go back to Mobius with his theory on Nexus events on big br timeline branch, creating events that disturb the sacred timeline that they have to go correct or, or big things that happen. And so he, he gives this analogy. He takes Mobius's salad that he's eating for lunch and he starts pouring a bunch of salt in it and then a bunch of pepper and then he pours juice in it and he says, look, it's ruined now. So it doesn't matter how much salt or how much pepper I put in it because I poured the juice in it. So it won't matter anything I, I do. I could go back in time to these apocalypse level events, I could go back to Asgard and push Hulk off the bridge and it wouldn't make a difference because the whole thing's going to explode anyway. Now, of course, this is where internet fans could make an argument that he couldn't really push Hulk off the bridge because Hulk has a, a role to play in, in part of the sacred timeline as well. So Loki theorizes that this variant version of himself is hiding out in apocalypse level events where there are no survivors where nothing makes it back and Mobius says hey you know that's a good good idea still a little upset that he ruined his lunch so he and Loki Mobius and Loki go back to Pompeii Italy in 79 AD right before the volcano explodes and Loki goes and makes a bunch of ruckus and says, hey, this volcano is going to explode. You're all going to die. While Mobius is monitoring on his portable device whether it is creating a branch in the timeline or not. And sure enough, it doesn't. A variant could hide in the event of an apocalypse over and over again on the timeline without being detected by the TVA. Because nothing they do there could have an impact on a, on a sacred timeline, uh, basically. So and they're talking again, I think later after that, after they confirm Loki's theory and Owen Wilson, he's he, Loki says, why do you have a, a magazine with a picture of a jet ski in it? And, and Owen Wilson says, you know, in the 1990s, 
there was this was the this was the time where there was a perfect combination of form and function for utility. All of history didn't have this much, and I think that came to a culmination in the jet ski. It's just the most perfect form of uh, transportation and recreation. And so I can't take credit for this, but Logan said that oh we're gonna we're gonna see Mobius on a jet ski before the end of this and if the writers are anything about it when I, I think I think he's right uh, again th- this this whole show talks about fate uh, timekeepers the end of time and it's really really interesting and so Mobius he he's got that kablooey gum that he got from the little girl in the first episode from the other Nexus event in the church where all of the guards were slaughtered and they said okay kablooey gum came out in 2047 through 2051 was where that was popularized. What were the apocalypse level events in that in that time frame? And there was one that they found. They went through the files and they found that in Alabama in 2050 there was a uh, like a, a climate event that that killed a bunch of people in Alabama. And then they showed some close-up shots of Ravona, who she was just kind of, you know, in her, in her office, and she's got the statues of the timekeepers behind him, and it was kind of an ominous shot. And so there is some thinking that's going around, maybe not necessarily my own, but online there's some chatter about maybe the timekeepers are not in charge. Maybe the timekeepers are dead or maybe the timekeepers are a fictitious thing and Ravona is running. She's running the whole thing. Maybe she's the big bad guy of this whole thing. I still think TVA is the big bad guy of this whole thing. Uh, Anyway, Mobius, Loki and the team, they go to a shopping center. It's called Roxcart, Roxcart, which is... A looks like the eventuality, maybe in an Amazon-like takeover of the company Roxon. I believe Roxon had the ties to ties to Iron Man. No, that was that was Hammer. What was Roxon? Hold on, let me check check real quick so you don't have to. Rox Roxon Marvel. Uh, Parrish and his team of lawyers, including. Okay, so the Roxxon Corporation. Oh, yes, 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 yes. This was from Daredevil. It was an early funder of S.H.I.E.L.D. There was, but there were people that were being poisoned by Roxxon, the company, the energy company. And Matt Murdock was one of the representatives of the plaintiff who was filing against Roxxon. Was this in the show or was it in the movie? I don't I don't know. Not in the movie, but in the um, television show. I remember there was some litigious thing going on against a big company uh, versus the little guy. Okay, I already went through that stuff. Uh, Roxcart. Rox, Roxcart. Is it Roxcart? I don't know what it is. Okay, so they get to this store and they're on the lookout for evil Loki or variant the other variant Loki. And uh, Mobius and Loki are going to go off and B-15, Hunter B-15 says, nope, I'm not. This is my my op. He's coming with me. 
So Loki and B-15 take off. And then Mobius and the rest of the team take off looking for this, looking for this variant Loki. Uh, they find C-20, the guard from the beginning of the episode, who is rocking back and forth in the fetal position. She's tied up. Uh, and and she she gave up the timekeepers. So she told evil Loki or variant Loki where the timekeepers were, apparently. So hopefully we'll get to see some of that in the uh, in the following episodes. And Loki and B-15 are are rolling through and they meet up with variant Loki or they meet up with a character named Randy who is he's got the the green eyes. So he's being mind controlled. And Loki's like, what's your name? He's like, you can call me Randy. And then B-15 goes to talk to him or. No, Some, somehow B-15 gets taken over and she's now evil Loki. And it's so cool because this happens a couple of times. Uh, Randy, B-15, some redneck looking dude, and all of them get to play as Loki. They all get to do Tom Hiddleston's version of Loki. <laughs> and B-15 even does this, does like the Loki smile, kind of where no smile, Tilt of the head and smile really quick. And so that was really cool. I thought that would be be fun for for actors. Um, then Loki finally meets with the other Loki. And, and our Loki, the protagonist of the show, Tom Hiddleston, he says, Hey, look, I am trying to get a meeting with the timekeepers so I can, I can garner this power that they have. I can take over the TVA. The other Loki, the variant Loki, who takes off her hood and realizes that this variant is a female Loki, which, by the way, was spoiled online already as Marvel introduced. Not to mention they had this this actress who was cast as female Loki, but they introduced or they had a, a poster or some kind of tweet that went out that was by the TVA that had Loki's gender set as fluid and so of course it is he's the god of mischief he can turn into anything or anyone but also he's uh his variant is a a female in this one um then so so her plan she set up all of the reset chargers charges that she'd been taking from these scenes and she set them off but she sent them through little tva door looking portals And when she did that, they were like, oh, my gosh, oh, no. And then the TVA went uh, haywire back at the office. You know, all the guards ran out and they grabbed their little light sticks and they ran through portals themselves. And you could see the sacred timeline as it just began to bend and maneuver. And all of these different branches started coming off of the sacred timeline. And so this variant Loki has caused a good deal of chaos within the sacred timeline, much more maybe than these agents can even handle. And she says, I'm not interested in talking with the timekeepers or taking over the TVA. My assumption is she is interested in destroying the TVA. She is interested in freeing the whole of multiversal existence from a regimented and scripted timeline. She wants free will to become a thing again. That's my theory. That's what I think. And she steps through the portal. Loki sees her step through the portal. The portal's still open. 
And Mobius starts running. Loki, don't. Wait, hold on, stop. And Loki says, peace out. And he goes through the portal. The portal disappears. And that's where the episode ends. So I, I don't, it's, it's super cool. This whole show is super cool. The second episode, way better than the first. It got me way hyped up. Not just for the remaining five episodes of the show, but it got me hyped up for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It got me hyped up for Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, and it got me hyped up to see WandaVision. Or not WandaVision, but but uh, Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch. See what what she has to do with it. And there's this potential... Final Final Fantasy. (laughs) I've been doing too much E3 talking. There's this potential Fantastic Four tie-in with Molecule Man. Ah, it's just so one. The the Kang tie-in with Ant-Man Quantumania. All of it's so good. All of it is so good. I can't wait. Uh, There was also a... In the first episode that I didn't mention, but I saw on an Easter egg video later... As Loki was running from the TVA within the TVA, when he was just learning about his mother's death and his death and so on, he teleported into the hallway, rewound, rewound himself to, to that particular place, and through the portal stepped a TVA agent with someone in custody that looked very similar to maybe Peggy Carter. So a lot of people are are saying that, hey, Peggy Carter has been, or at least a variant of Peggy Carter, has been taken uh, by the TVA. And so then people are also then taking the logical step to say that, oh, does that mean that Captain America, that naughty, naughty boy that he is, who went through the timeline to return the Infinity Stones and took that detour to become betrothed to Peggy Carter... Maybe he's in trouble with the TVA as well. Or maybe he was in trouble with the TVA. He could talk it out of it. So uh, who knows if we'll see a potential Captain America thing. Again, this is getting all back into the Mephisto style theorizing that we shan't do again. I will not get myself excited only to be let down again. Uh, A couple interesting notes from the episode. Well, Mobius and Loki were talking can't remember who said it i believe it was loki but he said no one no one bad is ever truly bad and no one good is ever truly good and so it it shows the range of people and i I thought that was pretty pretty good uh i did write down is is free will back on the menu after lady loki set off those charges so a I keep saying a lot of people, but some people that I listen to anyway, some people that I read think that next episode, episode three, is supposed to be pretty expositional. It's supposed to be pretty conversational between maybe Loki and Lady Loki. And episodes four, five, and six are where this thing is really going to pick up, really going to pick up some steam. Uh Someone else I saw on a post on Facebook uh, said that, well, the timelines were branching. It did mention some very important places or times or events to the MCU. Uh, Ego, which, of course, is the living planet that we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, Vormir, which that was a... On Vormir, was that the prison? 
in Guardians of the Galaxy? I think it might have been. New York City, of course, which uh, every other Marvel Marvel show and movie take place. And then Titan, where Thanos, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, the Guardians of the Galaxy had that battle with Thanos. Uh, and the last note that I put down here was, is the TVA the new shield? And what I mean by that is not, are they working for and with the Avengers? Are they, are they those kinds of people? But will the TVA, if it is not entirely destroyed by the end of this show, will the TVA act as a glue, a, a, another glue that holds this whole universe together? If you remember Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which Kevin Feige has officially declared as non-canon to the MCU was originally supposed to, to combine all of the shows together to lend that in-between time between the big fights and the big events of the MCU movies. Well, that, of course, didn't happen, you know, with the different divisions that the Marvel TV versus Marvel, Marvel movies were under. Now do we have an option of a new organization that's going to pop up every so often? Or are we going to do the regular standard Marvel thing and go, oh, the TVA is a bad guy. We must kill them off and never speak of them again. I would love for some of these institutions and characters to stay alive and to stay relevant through, throughout the MCU. Uh, but that's it for on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you watch and are enjoying Loki. I cannot wait for next week, and I cannot wait for the weeks after that. And, of course, we've got other shows on the channel. Like I said, we've got our E3 coverage that we're, we've been doing for the past week. We've got our original shows on Monday and Friday. We've got news shows that we cover things where, where <laughs> though we haven't in a minute, we are still working our way through Invincible, the show. Uh, Black Widow's coming up here soon. We've got Hawkeye, Miss Marvel on the horizon. I mean, it's a great time to be a fan of this stuff. If this wasn't necessarily your cup of tea and you want us to talk about something else, well, we don't know that. We can't meet, read your mind and we, we can't see your facial expressions or your body language. So get a hold of us at, at, at Facebook, at Facebook or Twitter at CultureJacked. Leave us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. Look, man, the emails that we do get are terrible. You send us a good one. You are going to be featured in this show. I guarantee it. And who doesn't want to hear their hear their name read on the Internet? Uh, you can also leave us a review on whatever streaming platform you are listening uh, to us on. But besides all of that, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Tune in to our other shows. And we'll see you on the next episode.